I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I have been waiting for this day for a long, long time. Not my last day at All Saints, of course. But for the feast of St. Mary the Virgin, when we would all gather post-pandemic to bless new windows for our Mary Chapel. I, we had been dreaming ever since we first met with Brooke Camden about repairing the Michael windows and learned that our century-old windows all around the nave were at an inflection point. They could last 20 years, or they might start failing immediately. I was horror-stricken. This was back in 2013 or 2014. We didn't have much money then, and I wondered how we could ever afford to replace our windows. At first, I imagined we would design something very simple, nothing too expensive, but then we began to dream. We began to dream about possibilities. The dream took fire as we began to plan something special for our Mary Chapel. After all, St. Michael has had glorious windows for over 50 years, windows that reflected us at the time and have inspired us ever since featuring in postcards and vestments and illustrating sermons and guiding our commitment to social action and justice. Didn't Our Lady Mary deserve the same? And so the dreaming began. What would be magnificent enough? We dreamt of Mary, queen of heaven, certain and sure, presiding over us. We dreamt of stories from her life that would encourage us in our own lives. Then we began seeing the sketches from artist Bill Lupkin, and we debated, and we deleted, and we added. The sketches developed into color paintings, and our beloved friend, Brooke Camden, became ill and we wanted only for him to make it to this day. This didn't happen. And after his death, which devastated me and many, we continued on with Kevin and the rest of the Camden team and family as the watercolor sketches then became full-size drawings showing the cut lines for the glass and then the long waiting for glass to come in, for pandemic shortages and backlogs to clear. The long waiting for the slow, patient building of these giant, beautiful windows. And we wondered, when would they go in? And we wondered, when would we be able to be back together? And we wondered, when would we be able to celebrate and bless these windows together, and selfishly, I dreamt and I planned for all the years that I would get to stand right here in this pulpit with a perfect view of those windows, allowing them to shape and to guide my thinking and my theology and my preaching. 
Since the windows went in, I've stood in this pulpit only half a dozen times. Today, the day I dreamt of, the Feast of St. Mary the Virgin, the day we bless the windows well, today is my last day. And I am reminded that over the years, when things don't go as I plan, Tracy quotes her mother, quoting the great philosopher John Lennon, life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. Life is what happens while you're busy making other plans, or as the Yiddish proverb goes, we plan, God laughs. You'd think I would have learned that lesson by now, and I think it's one we all ought to learn to accept. For certainly, Mary did. For surely, she must have had many, many plans for her life, plans to marry, to have many children, perhaps even to study scriptures as we see her doing in our Annunciation window over there. God had other plans. An angel appears, and in a twinkling, all of Mary's plans are overturned as she hears that she is favored to bear a son who will be given the throne of David, and his kingdom will have no end. Whatever she may have had planned vanishes in an instant as she assents, be it done unto me according to thy word. In other words, yes. Yes, to total disruption of what she had hoped or wanted. What a lesson that is. What a lesson of radical openness to God acting in her life. I think of all the plans we've made at All Saints over the years. Some have come to fruition, others have stalled out. But in the meantime, as we plan to grow larger and we raise money for the HVAC system and then the capital campaign, in the meantime, God has been working out God's promises to us as we also lived into caring for one another through hard times and losses, as you took meals to those in need or spent nights with those who had just had surgery or had intimate, deep conversations with each other about racism or how to care for our neighbors or about what you really, truly, truly believe about God. Like Mary, we've been learning how to say yes to what God has put before us, even if we do so with some fear and trembling. And fear and trembling must have been what Mary and Joseph were feeling as they were fleeing to Egypt after hearing about the murderous wrath of Herod. They had said yes to God and that had Jesus. Surely they thought this was enough. They must have been planning then planning for what their lives as new parents would be like, planning for how to expand their home and maybe add some siblings, and suddenly they find themselves fleeing to a strange land again without friends or family to aid them. 
and I can't help but be reminded of the years when the Syrian refugee crisis was at its height and our governor declared that no Syrian refugees would be welcomed into Indiana. And just a few weeks later, we were welcoming a family of Syrian refugees into All Saints and into Indiana. And we spent that year accompanying them, helping them get settled in this new country. And soon after that, all immigrants were under attack. As Muslim bans were put in place and walls and deportation were threatened, you stepped up to join crisis teams ready to aid immigrants threatened by ICE, and you joined legal teams to help them navigate the bureaucracy toward citizenship. I'm pretty sure none of us planned to get involved in any of those ways. At that time, we were surely focused at All Saints just on getting some air conditioning in this nave. <laughs> or perhaps we were figuring out how to help spearhead the next pride parade. But life is what happens when you're busy making other plans, and we said yes. We said yes to life, yes to modern-day immigrants, remembering the Holy Family's flight, remembering that when we welcome strangers, we just might be entertaining angels, unaware. And in the past couple of years, we had planned and prepared for lots of growth, growth of people, growth in giving, growth in our physical plant, so that we might be stable and strong and beautiful for generations to come. And then, and then death arrived in the form of a global pandemic. Mary surely had hoped, after she had watched her son grow and thrive, be acknowledged as Son of God Messiah, surely Mary had hoped to have him as a comfort in her old age, but death arrived for him, crucified by the state. Her plans, her dream, her love destroyed. And now she stares out at us from the Pieta in fierce mother love, demanding that we never look away from that crime, that sorrow, that grief. Though none of this was part of her plan, she dwelled in the reality of what is. Perhaps it was that spirit that sustained us this past year. We lived in the reality of the pandemic. We told the truth of what was happening. We grieved it. We raged against it. But we stuck together through it, even when that meant delivering groceries with masks on, placing the bags on the porch, and then backing up to just wave hello to someone in the doorway, when it meant checking in on each other best we could with phone calls and texts, and showing up week after week after week, sick to death of Zoom, <laughs> but willing to show up again so that we might be together, worshiping and praying. Mary made so many plans, and God seemed utterly disinterested. We make so many plans, yet life happens in spite of them, and we might wonder if God is laughing. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
We don't look to Mary because everything worked out the way she planned. We look to Mary because she was faithful. We look to her because she trusted, not that God would respect her plans, but that God would always keep God's promises. When she visits her cousin Elizabeth after the Annunciation, the great song of the Magnificat pours forth, my soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. He has lifted up the lowly, and he has filled the hungry with good things. He has scattered the powerful. He's brought down the proud. He has sent away the rich. Mary gives thanks over and over for things that haven't exactly happened yet, but she has utter trust that they will happen, for she knows that though God is no respecter of our plans, God is utterly trustworthy in his promises. That's why she said yes. When God called her to do something not only impossible, but ridiculous, even dangerous. Like Isaiah and the psalmist, Mary rejoices in God, rejoices in all God has done, rejoices in all that God will do. That is why we look to Mary. Not for how to execute our plans for our perfect lives, but how to say yes to God even when that means our plans are crumbling. How to rejoice even when our plans are jettisoned and we are grieving. How to trust that the life we have been given as it is, is the very life given to us by God. And we are to live that, even when it's hard. For we can trust in the Lord at all times. We can trust as we look up from the scenes of Mary's life up to those upper windows to the queen of heaven surrounded in a corolla of light, a crown hovering over her head, serpent crushed under her feet, waves of the sea, no threat at all. We can trust that the victory is complete. The battles have been won. For we who follow God in Christ can never fail or fall. These windows, these windows, these beautiful windows will guide you and shape you. Preachers a long, long time from now will preach from their richness about the model of Mary, the goodness of God, just as I've gotten to preach from this Michael window 50, 60 years after its installation. Their wisdom speaks now and into the future, just as the good news is present yesterday, today, forever. Life is what happens to us while we're busy making other plans. Or perhaps, better said, God's promises unfold even as we are trying to figure things out for ourselves. For all these years together, beloved, I've been pretty busy making plans. Plans for how we might grow. 
plans for how we might work for justice, plans for how to get more people involved, plans for how to inspire generous giving, plans for how to connect people to one another. But amidst all those plans, another thing was happening. God was working in you and in me. We were loving one another, learning that all other plans mean very little as long as we dwell deeper and deeper into the promise that God's love dwells in us. And therefore, we can love, we can love one another. And love one another we have. I fell in love with you years ago, and I love you still. And oh, oh, how you have loved me, despite too many flaws, too many shortcomings. It's humbling to be loved and cared for like this. And I give you thanks. Nothing is going according to my plans, beloved. <laughs> Perhaps nothing is going according to yours either. But life, life is happening. And love is happening. And joy is happening. It turns out our plans are ephemeral. God's promises are forever. And so to quote the mystic dog Hammerschuld, who must have been echoing Mary, I say, for all that has been, thank you. And for all that is to come, yes. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.